now we come to the moment where, well, we came to hear the story, the one we need to hear, the one that makes all the difference. Tonight, today's is from the Gospel of Luke. Listen as Christine shares it with you. To close your eyes and to enter into this story in your imagination, feel the cool morning and the sun just creeping up above the horizon, the first rays kissing your face. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then the women remembered Jesus' words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to the men an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The word of God for the people of God. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, we open up our hearts to you. We are so grateful to see sun, to feel warmth. How you orchestrated today to be our Easter celebration. We are grateful. We've had other Easter's in the middle of snowstorms and sleet. So we know there's nothing in the weather or in our lives or in this world that can stop today. Let us be embraced by it, washed over with it. Let it continue to do its work within us. And all that we do today, may it find a way to help set us on the place where Easter comes to us, personally and as the body. We pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. On that first Easter morning, the disciples got up and stumbled out of their houses, having no clue that it was actually Easter. They had no idea of what day it was. Now, I guess we need to cut them some slack. They, they really had reasons for that. They did not have a season of six weeks of preparation like we do in the church today. But mostly, I think the problem is back in their day, they had no peeps. <laughs> you gotta have a peep to know that Easter is near. 
There's something about walking into CVS and looking down the counter and seeing peeps glaring back at you that you know, oh, Easter must be around the corner. Walking down the Kroger uh, candy aisle, which I've never passed by myself personally, but others tell me that they're stock full of pink and yellow peeps. Peeps tell you somebody somewhere in an advertising firm became a theologian when they said, I know, let's get really bad food coloring, pour it on sugar, and give it to kids to tell them it's Easter. <laughs> the disciples had no peeps. They had no Cadbury eggs. They had no Easter egg hunt that gets done in four minutes. There are no Facebook posts or Easter dinner plans to consider. It can be hard without those reminders to focus on which day is Easter. And Easter, of all the holidays, makes it difficult to find. It's almost like it plays hide-and-seek with us. It changes every year. Over the last three years, Easter has fallen on um, March 27th, April 16th, and April 1st. How are you going to know? It's like other special days. We know. We, we anticipate them. We all know what's on December 25th. We all know what's on January 1st. We all know what's on February 14th. We all know what's on September 17th. <laughs> Megan Walther's birthday. We all know that, right? Of course we do. And even though Thanksgiving date changes from year to year, we all know which Thursday it falls on in November. Yes? What is it? The fourth. You're right. You see, Easter's hard to find. And so for those of you who are wondering, are the kind of people who don't procrastinate, start making your plans for brunch next year on April 12th. Okay. We'll see you here. So to be fair, the disciples at first Easter should get some grace for getting confused on the day. They woke up, and they went out not prepared at all for Easter. In fact, they weren't thinking Easter. They weren't thinking life. They weren't thinking resurrection. They were prepared for death. They were preparing to put their hands on death. They were preparing to walk into the room that spoke death. The scripture today that Christine read is preceded by these words. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb, how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And they had to wait on the Sabbath day as they rested according to the commandment. All this before Easter morning. It must have been a horrible Sabbath. It says they rested. I imagine they didn't get much rest. I mean, the entire time, all they get in their mind is the fact of watching Jesus hang from the cross. Their entire time, they have that image of him slumping as they take him down from the cross. All of that time, they live in fear, not only for the fact that Jesus has been dead and they now have no idea what they're going to do. All the hope they had planned for the future is taken from them. They also, quite frankly, are scared, hiding, wondering if those who killed Jesus are now going to come for them. They didn't rest. And so they stumble out of their house on that Easter morning long ago with absolutely no joy or expectation of joy. And then you know how the story unfolds. 
They found a stone rolled away from the tomb to their utter amazement and shock. But then they still go and enter in. Entering in, and remember, they had seen the body laid there prior, so they knew where to look. It wasn't there. And while they're trying to fit all that into their consciousness, appearing to them suddenly are two men dressed in dazzling clothes, asking this question, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. They're trying to take all that in. Can you capture what that would have been like in that moment? All of the sensory uh, parts of your body and your mind just overreacting. They're trying to figure out what's going on, and then these two men in dazzling clothes, whom we ascribe to be angels, go on to say, Remember how he told you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And then it says, Then they remembered his words. They had been told... They had been told countless times in the gospel, it's recorded in Luke three times before, that this was all going to happen. They'd been told about that holy night when they would gather together after the parade on the previous uh, entry into Jerusalem. They were told about how after that dinner, after the parade, they would then go to see this horrible event where Jesus was going to be killed, and then he was going to rise from the dead. They had been told by Jesus Christ it was going to happen. That's better than peeps. <laughs> Jesus had told them, and they could not remember it. Not on this day. Even though they'd been told over and over again, they are described as being perplexed, terrified, dismissive, and amazed. Silly people. Not like us. Not like us. We, we knew it was Easter coming in. I see how you dress on most Sundays. You know it's Easter. <laughs> you came in here today anticipating saying Christ the Lord is risen today. You're not really shocked by the scripture that was read. We know it's Easter. They're not like us. We come in here today confident that there's no place for fear in our life because it's Easter. Never mind the fact that this past week we held two active shooter training exercises in the building so we could anticipate what to do if the worst horror were to happen. And that throughout our building we have this amazing glass to show hospitality and welcoming and transparency but also, quite frankly, to make sure that none of our vulnerables could ever be abused. Not like us, who know the world is washed in grace and the places where God reigns. That is, until you turn on the news and discover what's going on around us and around the world. They're not like us, who know no sense of anger or grief or depression or have any questions or doubt about faith or anything else, or any real struggles in our life. That is, unless you catch us in a weak moment of honesty, when our guard is down and our vulnerabilities are exposed. They're not like us, where the resurrection light has shone upon us, and all of us get along always, all the time. We support each other. 
and everyone with no exceptions. That is, that is unless you push the edges and really mean we're supposed to do that with everyone. They're not like us, the church today, where of course in the church everyone is of, what, of like mind and spirit and we all walk together believing and singing the same songs together as one. That is, as long as we keep our circle small enough to make it true. They're not like us. Not like us. They're not like us. Not like us who know what today is. We know it's Easter because we have, you know, peeps and spring flowers and brass. Let's give it up for the brass today. And we have, and for those of you who are doubting, we have a bulletin that says Christ the Lord is risen today unless you're really clueless. And the truth is, we are as afraid and flawed and unplugged from the power of Easter as they were. Amen? We are gathered here today not only because we are confident to celebrate, but because we are desperate to be filled with grace and spirit and hope. We are desperate to find guidance. We are desperate to receive Easter. We want it to be Easter, maybe even more than we're certain that it is. We need to hear the story again. We need to walk into Easter to address our own confusion and fears and doubts. We need to find hope in the middle of a world torn apart by hate and bigotry. We need to grieve what has been lost and find solace for the hurts that we carry. We need to find forgiveness for our sins, for the ones that we've committed that destroy our own life and for the sins that we've committed that have hurt others. We've come looking to find a risen Christ who can receive us now. And we may be just as surprised to discover that it's happening. Last week, while in worship, we invited folks to come forward at the end of worship. We had a basket right there. We invited people to come forward. And, and some were bringing in their pledge cards for the capital campaign. But everybody was invited to fill out a card. I'd ask them to think about what does Jesus need from you? What do you need to give to Jesus? And they came forward and put cards in the basket and filled to overflowing the basket. Of the things written on those prayer requests, I would tell you, countless requests. One said, I hope my mom isn't stressed out. I didn't know whether to pray for mom or for the kids, so I just prayed for both. I commit my doubts and fears to making this church a place where all continue to be welcomed. Someone else said, help me stay sober. Another one said, help me with my addiction. One wrote, today I was feeling lost, now I'm leaving feeling humbled. I give Jesus all of me. My love, my confusion, my heart, my mind, and my soul. One said simply this to Jesus, you brought my life back from the edge. What do you wish for me to do now? Prayers were lifted up for grandmothers and grandfathers, for teachers, for this church, for the staff, for people looking for direction, for people seeking for healing in their families, for many seeking deeper faith. On that first Easter, the disciples went into the tomb with questions about the future. They were focused on death and afraid of what was to come, but instead of finding answers to their specific questions, they discovered a resurrected Lord. And it's funny, when you discover the resurrected Lord, he doesn't just say, well, here are the answers to your questions. He reshapes the entire question.
question because he reshapes the entire world. He turns the world upside and makes it a different day. They came expected to be defeated by death. Instead, they were invited to live new life. They came thinking God had failed them, only to discover God created the most amazing miracle for them and for you. They came thinking the spices they had prepared to be, get ready to take care of death were all they needed to bring. And discovered they didn't need to bring anything but themselves. The fear they brought with them on that first Easter was swept up by grace so they could have the courage that only leads to deeper faith. And they became a community that changed lives, cared for the vulnerable, created bridges of peace, and defeated evil. See, they just, they were just like us. And now we are invited to be just like them. You and I are invited today like them, maybe to our shock and surprise, invited to say yes to the resurrection. To be just like them, we will say yes as we serve others with greater joy than we serve ourselves. We'll be just like them when we lovingly speak truth to each other and to the world. We'll be just like them when we are afraid and are willing to admit it to each other and lean into each other to find support and lean into Christ all the more. And just like them when we get angry, we will learn how to forgive others and ourselves, even as Jesus forgave those who killed him. And just like them, when we see others hurt, we will not question, we will not accuse, we will come alongside as equals. Just like them, we will dare look hate and divisiveness in the world square in the eye and say, go, go away, be gone in the name of Jesus Christ, and we will conquer it with love. And just like them, we will be at our strongest when we are humbled. See, we are Easter people on this day, just like them. Jesus had to work with them, just like Jesus has to work with us now on this Easter day. And like them, how they entered into Easter was not nearly as important as how they came out of it. The Easter story unfolded for them in the days ahead. As they moved out from the tomb, back to their homes, and then out into the world, it was there they discovered the full power of Easter. God knew there was no way these people were going to figure out all about Easter in one day, no matter how miraculous it was. God knows that you and I cannot get this entirely in our life in one day. It takes many days, like all those special moments in our lives. We do not have life figured out on the day we are born. We do not know the fullness of love on the day in which we fall into it. We do not know the fullness of marriage the day of the wedding. I'm hearing it takes about 40 years. <laughs> My wife's hoping that in two weeks I get it figured out, finally where I should put things in the house. But I digress. We do not know all about parenting on the day God gives us children. <laughs> it's a lifelong journey, amen? amen? And we do not fully understand our faith on the day of our conversion. And we will not fully understand Easter today. It will take tomorrow. 
The disciples left the tomb amazed and perplexed. Easter was for them revealed in that walk that followed, along the road, at table, in hidden rooms, and out in foreign lands they never thought they would go to in the name of Jesus. There they found Easter faith. And there it began to make sense what it meant for their lives and what they were going to be called to do. Like them, Easter for us today is only the beginning. Today I stand before you as a proclaimer of Easter, and that's really an easy gig. I love Easter Sunday because I get to come up in front of you and say, Christ the Lord is risen today, and you say back to me things like, He is risen indeed, right? Let's try it. Christ the Lord is risen today. See, you're trainable today. But what about tomorrow? Not so much. Boy, some gospel coming out of the choir today, I'm telling you. <laughs> how do I live Easter tomorrow? How do, how, do I, how do I figure this out in that situation with that person in this place? That's harder. But it's also why today I'm inviting you to please hang in there with us. Over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about five practices that we've discovered here that changed our lives and changed lives. They are practices you need to do out of Easter so that Easter becomes real for you and transformative power within the life you live and the life you share with others. You can't fit all that into one day. So over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about those five practices, and they reflect exactly what the disciples discovered as they moved out from Easter. I'm inviting you to join in conversation with us over the coming weeks during worship. So you're welcome to come back. If you can't come back, stream online with us. If you can't do that, watch the sermon during the week once it gets on the website. And if you can't do that, come to us on Wednesday night at Table Talk at 5 o'clock. We're going to eat meal together, and for an hour we're going to have a chance to talk to each other. Not all listening to me, but you're all talking to each other too about these five things. Why am I taking time in an Easter sermon to tell you that? Because I want you to really embrace and be overwhelmed by the power of Easter. I don't want to be your cheerleader today. I want to be your brother in faith, inviting you to grow into the Easter that God so desperately wants to give you and give us all. Why is this important? Because like them long ago, you don't know when you're going to need Easter. You don't know when you're going to, in a moment, have to rely on an Easter faith that's more than cheerleader level, but rather goes down into your soul. Because of that, you want to be ready. Today, at a sister congregation, in West Bloomfield, the United Methodist Church there is having worship led by Brent Webster. He and his wife Mary, who attend here, they're retired now, but they were in that congregation for 13 years and led worship there and worked with the people there, loved the people there. But today he's back there helping them on their Easter worship. The bishop of our area is there to preach. Why? Because the pastor of West Bloomfield, a friend of ours, Brian, died Suddenly, Monday night, 43 years old, three children, his wife Monica, who's the associate pastor at Northville, he had just run a marathon the week before. There is no way in God's green earth it makes sense that Brian is here, gone today. There is no 
logical sense I can make of it to say any of this is justified or fits my understanding. I didn't know. They didn't know in West Bloomfield how much they would need Easter today. So this morning, they got up to sing Christ the Lord is risen today, and I expect they had a hard time getting through it. And never needed it more. You don't know when you're going to need Easter. You just know you will. Yesterday afternoon, I received a phone call from folks in our congregation. They were looking forward to being here today. I got the call saying, we're not going to be in worship today, Rick. We're headed east. We're headed east because uh, the husband's brother, who lives out east, 57 years old, strong, vibrant, had a massive heart attack and a stroke. So they're headed out. I said, let me just pray with you over the phone. I did. I prayed for traveling mercies for them. I prayed for the brother. And the last thing I said to them was this. Just remember, we believe in resurrection and all the ways it comes. You never know when you're going to need Easter. But what we do know today that you always can have it. Easter is real. It is happening now. It is God's gift to you. It is God's gift to me. And it's our gift to give to the world. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is risen today. He is risen indeed. And I'm going to invite you today to say yes to that resurrection. I'm going to pray alongside the West Bloomfield Church today who's having to stand up with tears in your eyes and say yes to resurrection I'm going to invite you and me to say yes to the resurrection today in our prayer life, in the things we do, by the way we carry our life, by the one we give. For today is Easter. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is risen today. Amen? Amen. He's alive. He has power. He has gifts to give you. He has hope. He has truth. He has a way of binding those wounds. He has a way of bringing people together who are estranged. He has a way of making everything come back together in the fullness of God because he is God. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I invite you to say yes now, not only in this prayer, but also in the way you live because the world needs our Easter Yes. Would you join with me in prayer? Gracious and loving God. <laughs> I, how we came into today matters, but the truth is, however we started, our roads have brought us to this moment. We have come into your presence. You are here with us and Perhaps we are surprised about that as they were. But just like them, you came anyway. You came in spite of our doubts, in spite of our fears, in spite of our complacency. You are here. And so I ask you, Lord, to let each one of us in this moment hear your call for us to be your Easter people. Let us understand that it is for us. Jesus Christ is risen today. And let us in this moment aloud or silently say yes 
Yes. We receive this gift and commit even more to be your Easter people. Now. Tomorrow. In the name and power of Jesus Christ, let all of God's children say yes. 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 And amen.